0: 2009, I found out that the EHS was sued for $1.1 million because the society was fighting to protect yes. a building from yes. being demolished by yes. a condominium developer. Um, it's a historic building. I've seen it before, and it has just such beautiful architecture. It's at 6018 North Kenmore Avenue. Yes. So I was wondering um, if you could talk a bit about just oh, like why love it's so to. great I would to, love to. I lived yeah. through that nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> to protect these historic buildings. I I, I lived through that nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a real nightmare. Yeah. Um, we had always been trying to find ways to protect the remaining single-family homes on Kenmore-Winthrop. Kenmore-Winthrop was the original edgewater. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of those have been torn down because of the, the four plus ones, uh, and so on over the years. And we were really desperate to find a way. So we had talked to the alderman, Mary Ann Smith, and she, you know, she was somewhat sympathetic. Um, and so she got somebody from the, the city to help us look at, and they they came up with this idea of it's called an overlay historic district. Mm-hmm in which not every building in the area is part of the historic district, but certain like single-family homes. So it would be on Sheridan Road, Kenmore, and Winthrop. And they came back with a proposal So we found 15, I think it was 15 or 16 houses that meet the architectural and historic criteria to be in a landmark district. Uh, that gets very complicated. I'm not going to go into it. but. And we said, oh, this is great! I mean, this was more than we wanted. I mean, we were very happy. And it included, that was one of the buildings. Well, at the time, and so uh, Marianne Smith had a, uh, I guess it was kind of like a free for all community zoning committee in which every condo association, and block club, and association had a, had a vote. So even if you were down in the south, uptown, you could vote on something happening up here. Mm-hmm. And they had these big meetings. Anyway. So we lobbied the community to try and support this proposal that we didn't we didn't prepare it. It was prepared by the city planners, the city professional planner. And they proposed this, this district. <clears throat> so we went to block clubs to make our pitch, to churches, whatever, condo associations. And but all of a sudden we started getting pushback because there are people saying, you can't tell me what to do with my property. <laughs> Well, excuse me, we have laws that tell everybody what they can do and can't do with their property. I mean, it's like, hello, you know, it's like these crazy right-wingers now. It's like, don't tell me what to do. Wear a mask. Don't tell me what to do. I'm not going to have to put my garbage out. Excuse me, you've got to put your garbage out. You've got to have safe drinking water. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of laws that regulate what you can do with your house and can't do with your house. Anyway, but there was this, this, this pushback and it, and it caught fire And it got real nasty, really nasty, because uh, some people said, well, I bought this house 50 years ago, and if I can sell it for a big profit, that's my retirement. Well, you know, I can can understand. That's kind of a sad case. But not all these cases are bad. People just want to make a buck. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so with that building, the woman next door to that building is one of those condo buildings. And unfortunately, at that time, the real estate market let that happen. Because in its place was this, it was a George Washington Mayor building. It had been meticulously rehabil- rehabbed. But the owner couldn't get what he wanted. He wanted like $750,000 for it. And he couldn't get anybody to buy it in a single family home. This was a George Washington Mayor, was like right up there with, George, with Frank Franklin, Wright. And um, so he just, I mean, the guy really wanted to preserve the building, but he, he finally gave up. I mean, he, he finally sold it to the developer who tore it down. I mean, it wasn't like it was falling apart. It had been totally rehabilitated, shiny wooden floors. I mean, it was just, it was beautiful. Yeah, that's unfortunate. So the lady next door said, oh, hey, I can do the same here. So this developer uh, was going to give her a million point one for her property. Um, and they never had a contract. It was all verbal. So this was around 2000. It was around the recession and or a, a downturn in the market. And he backed off. He didn't have a contract, so he didn't have to stick with it. Mm-hmm. But she blamed us. So we were sued. Four members of our board were sued individually. Oh, Individually. Which means that, let's say, if you wanted to go for a mortgage, and they call up your credit records like you're being sued for a million dollars. I can't lend you money. You're too risky. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it puts a brick on your credit report. So they were personally. Uh, hired, and I was president, and so we. Oh my God! What are we going to do? This is this is. I mean, this is disastrous. If we got sued uh, for a million dollars, we're. we're we're out, totally out of business, yeah. totally out of business. Um, so we made an appeal to get some lawyers. And you know, I just said, hey, you know, we're, you're desperate. So we went out to the community and said, so we've got to find some pro bono lawyers. And we got some. So it was wonderful. And people who are in the preservation community came forward, and then another law firm came in. Um, and it turns out that there is a law on the books. It's a First Amendment rights. Law, it's called the anti-slap legislation. The slap stands for. The point of the law was, if I make a public statement in support of a zoning change, or development change, or anything in the community using free speech, my right to make express my opinion about something, you can't sue me for damages. Mm-hmm. The only way you can sue me is if I've got some ulterior motive, you know, like oh, I don't want that car dealer going going in there because, you know, I want this, I want to buy the place, you know? I mean, if you have an ulterior motive, yeah, then th- it's a different dynamic legally. But we were just expressing our opinion in support of a city proposed. The city didn't take an official position to do it, but they said this is a proposal that you guys might want to consider in the community, so it would being debated. Yeah, I saw that um, Alderman of the time, Marianne Smith, developed a plan with the city department of the planning, a planning staff. Yeah, but then, then when she took it to the community, it was like, oh, this isn't my plan. I yeah. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> I, and I love Marianne Gillis. She's a sort of good friend of mine. But she, it was so much heat in the neighborhood mm-hmm. on both sides that she just backed off and said, I don't really know this. So, the total bills that we would have gotten, had we had to pay them, was over $600,000. Mm. Wow. Over $600,000. It would have bankrupted us. Yeah. It would have bankrupted us. And and so, um, so. but back to the slap suit, there, there was a law in the books, and I remember visiting the president of the Senate, Don Colleton, who had been the co-author of that bill with the ACLU, and he said, you know... I him, he, he represented an area up here, and it was like, he said, oh, I want to help you, but you know, uh, it's never been tested. Because what happened was uh, the judges did not want to rule on a law that said, that required the courts to throw out cases, and it had never been tested before that way. In other words, it, it had to do with Judicial versus legislative in terms of telling the courts how to rule on certain cases, and it has never been tested and every judge we kept going to we'd say, well they have according to law they have 90 days to prove we have no they do we do or do not have a vested interest, and if it's none then they have to pay us damages for all our law all our legal costs. They never tested the judges found all kinds of ways we went through numerous different judges over several years. They find ways to avoid that. Um, Finally, they, they had the um, they had the depositions. Finally get to the people and the planning staff. Oh, yeah, we developed that plan. <laughs> and the alderman says, Yeah, I asked them to develop that plan. Hello? And they, they had no leg left to stand on. They had no leg left to stand on. We were just a participant. In the community, expressing our opinion mm-hmm. in support of that plan—that's all we were. But the pain and suffering—it it, was—it it, was—it was a real nightmare. It was yeah. A real nightmare. And um, sounds like it. And in the meantime, uh, my dear wonderful friends, Trisha Van Aken and her husband bought the place. It's—it's it's this fabulous, fabulous uh, avant-garde gallery. Yeah. Experimental art. Uh, and I love her to death. She, by the way, she's. Co-chairman of the Edgewater Environmental Coalition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's a real treasure, and that's one of the things we do with the museum is we we give out these uh, Edgewater Treasures Award awards. And she she of course was one one of our many treasures.